0: Welcome back, episode six, hand Albums, the podcast. Pand Albums. Whoa, we t- we, t- we took a we took an unintentional hiatus there for a bit. Yeah, we took a break uh, uh, right after. What was the last album? It was we the we did the the Elder, which was supposed to be Halloween oh, month yeah. music from the Elder. Yeah, and then we yeah. got sat. So we got saddled with. uh We had this this. Big, ambitious Halloween month planned. I think we were planning on doing three records in total that month, which we usually do two. And then we got saddled with kind of an impromptu music project that took all the time we would normally be dedicating to the podcast. And that kind of opened up a rabbit hole of us working on other music stuff that was unrelated to this. And it kind of fell by the wayside. But we're back now. So uh, before last episode of 2020... And uh, we'll hopefully be more consistent in uh, 2021 as well. It's all about content, geeks. You know, that's what the it's, kids it's, are That's saying. what the kids want these content. days. They want the content. And we're a bunch of old assholes that, like, you know, we we, we get the concept, but we get tired. And then we don't... Whoa. We, <laughs> speak for yourself,
1: man. I mean, I'm, I've been, you know, ready to go on
0: this podcast. Yeah, you, you've been Uh, (laughs) i I don't know that there's been a lot of impetus from from either one of us but 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 we 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 got it in gear this week so um today we are doing one more light by lincoln park seventh studio album by them uh released may 19th 2017 Mm. uh gorilla in the room last album with chester bennington before he um unfortunately took his own life and passed away so um so that that's, you know, something of note, I guess, with this record. Mm-hmm. Um, it was produced by, there's like a laundry list of people on here. So officially, it's produced by Brad Delson, who's the guitar player, and Mike Shinoda, who we all know is like the rapper, rhythm guitarist, DJ, whatever. But then when you look at the track listing, there's like a million producers across all the tracks. In fact, this thing has as much... Uh, in terms of production credit that's like a Chinese democracy yeah yeah, so. yeah
1: a uh, ton of songwriters uh, rappers guest appearances um you know the the whole shebang on this one and it's funny if you really you know sort of study the track listing sort of look through it a um, lot of outside influence you know a lot of a lot of different people worked on this album um, on on each song too and, and like you said like the list goes on and on and on of engineers and uh, different people that made this album. Happened. It's, it's
0: a ton. I, I couldn't believe it when I looked at it. Cause I thought I, well, you know, you see something like, uh, uh, like Chinese democracy and you're like, okay, well it took that many years and you know, it's Axl Rose. I get it. But then you look at this and when you go under, I mean, there's a lot under additional musicians, but when you get under the technical aspect of it, there is, there has to be at least 30 names. There might even be more than that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's very heavy. Um, as Brando pointed out, outside writers, as far as we can tell, this is their first big venture into outside writing, um, compared to other albums. Yeah. It
1: looks like, um, so one thing to note is Chester didn't have a big writing part in this album and I haven't actually taken the time to see how much he wrote on other albums, but I got to feel it was more than, you know, when you read through this album, as far as what's officially listed from the band, um, we have Bennington for writing credits, number eight, halfway right. Um, and where else? I think there was
0: two tracks in total heavy heavy was the other one yeah
1: I bet he wrote that chorus too it's kind of a killer yeah. chorus, you know
0: yeah and and well you know it's tough too because I think one of the things that that we've noticed I think in doing the podcast and, and just having general discussions on music is when you look at a band super early on the entire band will be credited for an album. Uh, we noticed this with Slipknot actually, and it, and it, it happened with Lincoln Park too with Hybrid Theory. So we'll say like all tracks written by written and recorded by Lincoln Park, and then as you get into uh, like you know sophomore, sometimes junior albums, and, and beyond that you'll notice that the pan credits start getting broken out where yeah, like yeah. it won't be credited. It'll say like all music performed by Linkin Park, but written by Mike Shinoda and, and whoever. So just kind of something interesting. So it's tough to tell with those early albums who right. was the majority decision maker on those. So mm-hmm.
1: yeah, a hundred percent. It seems like they all become their own entities and um, you can see that in Linkin Park too. I mean, a number of different side projects are up I know Shinoda had, like, a a solo rap album, I remember coming out. He had Fort
0: Minor. Fort
1: Minor, yeah. Yeah, that was one of them. Used to barbecue burgers and ribs. That was... (laughs) What was was that? That that was a line from his hit song.
0: I don't know. That's, like, the only line I remember. Yeah, I just remember it was called Fort Minor. Used to have a
1: party on Halloween.
0: Yeah, I just remember it was called Fort Minor. And then Chester had... Well, uh, Han... DJ Han over there. I think he's got his own DJ career. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the guitar player, drummer, bass player do besides Linkin Park. But Chester was in um, Stone Temple Pilots for a couple of years. And uh, that's actually just kind of as a side note. Like, um, on paper, it looks insane. But if you actually, they released uh, an EP. I forget what it's called. The The lead single, though, is called Out of Time and it's a phenomenal track. Oh, yeah. It actually sounds like a like an STP track and his vocals fit really well. If You can find live footage from that era. Mm-hmm. He did a great job. He ended up leaving STP because um he just Linkin Park I guess has had too much in terms of touring commitments and he needed uh, to like yeah, he can manage yeah. the time. So um so that was that. That was before Scott Whelan died. Basically they had another falling out with Scott Wyland and then he was touring on his own. Yeah. Um, and then Chester came in and he helped them kind of resurrect STP if you will. Yeah. So, um, so some of the side projects there, um, the album's interesting in that it's, it's a, it's a big shift in sound for them. Um, it's kind of electro pop and EDM sounding. um, we were able to find a few videos on youtube uh regarding them discussing what they wanted the album to be and the the takes there were kind of interesting i know i sent it to you i yeah. what did you get from that
1: yeah yeah it it is interesting i mean it seemed like they wanted to almost like uh attack the music industry from all angles they wanted to like really put this um this comprehensive collaborative album out in which you know, it's like John Rebending and it's almost just its own thing. And Linkin Park had earned the right to do an album like that because they've sold so many records, you know, over uh, like 100 million records as a band, one of the best-selling artists of the century. So um, it's pretty crazy the success that they've accumulated. But at the same time, you got to be careful. Um, I think when you put out an album like this, even when you put out an album like uh, uh, the album right before this one that was in 2017... Do you remember Was
0: those? was that a thought No, no, it was the Hunting Party, I think. Yeah. No, this one's twenty seventeen. I think the other oh, one was that's right. uh two thousand fifteen. I think that was the Hunting Party. That one was actually kind of a return to form for them. I never right. listened to the whole record, but from what I heard, there was another one called The Thousand Sons, and that's when they really started to play around with the sound a lot. Um, you know, so I think that might be the one you're thinking of as The Thousand Sons.
1: Yeah, I think that I think that is it, but I don't know. I mean, it seems like they departed from the rap rock thing a long time ago. It almost seems like they have a few lives. Like when they came out with Hybrid Theory, that just burst out on the scene as this fresh new like blend of heavier rock with rap, and um, you know they like remixed that album right away. It almost seems like, and then they did Meteora that yep. was similar and huge commercial success. I mean we we saw so many hits from those two albums like Crawling, One Step mm-hmm. Closer um, you know, faint
0: numb. Yeah. yeah, it it goes on and on, but like points of authority was on there too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, they earn the right to do an album like this, but at the same time it, um, it can clash with fans. Of course it can clash with public opinion in general when you go do it like a
0: super album. It's almost like what I would call this. It's tough too, because outside of, we're going to get into the track by track, but outside of the last track, I don't honestly think there is a single organic instrument on this yeah. record. And it's being presented as something that is is being um, that, that that was created as a collective, as a band. And I, I'm not entirely sure that it was like unless the drummer was programming all his drums, which I don't think he was. The the drums don't sound like they were live in any capacity. They sound yeah. very programmed. The to interesting
1: me. thing about that and about like drummers, almost not quite in general, but nowadays it almost seems like you're almost like hiring the drummer's mind, like for the really great drummers. When there are these bands, almost like Bring Me the Horizon or other rock bands that have completely almost gone digital with their drum sound, it's almost like mm-hmm. you want that drummer to at least be creating the beats and the fills, but I yeah. agree, I don't even think that influence is really heard here, and I don't know if that voice no. would trump the producers, or the engineers, or just the the amount of people that sort of built this album, kind of slapped the Linkin Park label on the end of it, and sort of yeah. used, you know, Bennington and Shinoda. Well, and it's, it's, well it's
0: interesting, because the, um, on my last listen through, I've probably gotten five or six listens, but I was really um, cognizant of the fact that I said, like, hey, let me find out – well, not let me find out, but let me listen to see if I can hear organic instruments there. And I, while there are things that, that might have the sound of a guitar, and they're very few and far between, there's nothing on there that actually sounds like an actual guitar to me. It, it all sounds like it was done through a keyboard or something. Yeah. Same thing with bass. There's a lot of um, – glitchy sounds in here the uh, chipmunk voices beep boops. the chipmunk voices they do it they bust ton. out the
1: auto tune chipmunk
0: album. yep you want to go into the song listing we might yeah well yeah we might as well just kind of so. jump into it because yeah. i i think there's uh you know there's something to be said there uh right. we will not forget to do the cover this time either because oh, that's we,
1: yeah we're hit or miss on that we, i think we usually cover it we, we have oh. to cover
0: the cover Boons. yeah so uh we open up with uh, nobody can save me. This is a Chester track in terms of vocals because the vocals do switch around a little bit. So we'll denote which ones are which. And I'll
1: also tell you if he helped write it or not. Yeah. So Verdict this is a Chester is. track.
0: Did he help write this one? No, no, no. Nope. He's not on so this we gotta, one. Let's
1: let's do a tally on that. Chester or no Chester on the songwriting credits? We gotta. Yeah, he, we gotta he's a only negative. on two of them.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's only had two of them, so there's not. I, that do many. Want to, I do want
1: to shine some light on that. I want to shine one more light on. You're going on to that shine subject. a light on that, yeah, exactly.
0: So Shinoda's on this one uh, in terms of writing, and Brad Delson in terms of guitar playing. This is another track. I, I don't, I don't think there's a guitar on it at no, all.
1: No, you got two producers, so. um, John Green and Andrew Baluki. Um, yeah.
0: Would what, what, you Would you think of it as like an opener?
1: Yeah. It's a perfect pop song. It sounds a little gospel to yeah. me. It's almost got slightly suicidal vibes to the messaging of the lyrics. Oh, no, you're touching that one. Well, yeah, I'm going to touch yeah. it respectfully. I mean, you know, I'm not going to, like, you know, I'm not going to rag on him or the band. But I did get – if if I didn't know anything about Linkin Park or Chester Bennington's unfortunate tragic demise, I would – Listen to the lyrics of that song and be like, "It's an introspective." It's moving on. Nobody can save yeah. you, but me now. And almost it it's
0: looks. an introspective album. Yeah. I think all the lyrics, though, like if you look at them, like crawling could be introspective. Uh, True. Uh, in the end, definitely introspective. You yeah, know. Yeah. I so mean, yeah, they're they're not like a band that like writes like fluff lyrics like the first Foo Fighters album or something like that. You know. <laughs> so, but you're, def- um, you're
1: deflecting your your hate for Dave Grohl now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll get into that another time, but um, yeah, I, I liked it as an opening track. It's um, it, it, it's not. I mean, this this album in general, like the style of music, isn't something I gravitate towards. But right, like, and stylistically,
1: yeah. you got to separate it a little bit because we're so, doing an album that we don't listen to all that much. Yeah.
0: I was thinking about that. I'm like,
1: I don't know, you know, I don't listen to this type of music. I'm just gonna kind of listen to it with a completely
0: open mind. Um, but it's listenable. Like I, I found it to be listenable. Yeah, it's it's not it's not unpleasant to listen to in, yeah, in any it's a form. P- perfect pop album. Um, I mean, not, I um, I think the further you go, and you're gonna see this as we get further into the tracks. A, a lot of the the album just has a similar aesthetic similar audi- auditory aesthetic to it mm. and um so i don't it, it stands out in that it's the opening track but it, it sounds similar to like a lot of what comes later yeah too.
1: very vocal heavy and i'm glad i'm glad we get to hear chester's voice right off the bat because the best phenomenal thing, voice best thing know. about this album is 100 his voice and it doesn't
0: also. it doesn't seem to like when shinoda is singing um he's got two tracks that he sings on but when he's not rapping, you can definitely hear that there's an auto-tune on his voice. Mm. And Chester's, outside of the backing vocals, it, it sounds pretty pure. Like, you know, outside of the bass. Oh, he's mixing, just got an absolutely done. killer voice. Just, just I mean, super talent. It, yeah. Especially, again, with that STP stuff. That was something I didn't think he could pull off, and, and he definitely could. No, his vocal I don't think range we ever incredible. saw the full range that he had. He does
1: um, a cover with um, uh, Chris Cornell. They do that Temple of the Dog song. But he actually sings chris cornell's part so like oh like, i'm going that. hungry and then yes yeah. ah, and he kills it you gotta see that video. i gotta it's see cute. that was that one of the acoustic
0: shows it. when cornell was doing those no it's
1: just i think it was just a live it may have been a live Soundgarden show if i recall correctly yeah that chester joined them and just belted out that chris's part for him yeah yeah was, that's awesome sweet. yeah
0: that's awesome Su- amazing vocal register mm-hmm. um the second track we have is "Good Goodbye" that features Pusha T and Stormzy. Yeah, um,
1: I don't know who the heck those two are. But I don't know. Dude, I'm not. Rap, I'm not up on the hip hop. The scene. rap parts of this song suck, in my estimation. It's like typical British like,
0: rapper, dude. It's, like all British rappers, like the ones that try to ham up the British accent, they all sound <laughs> the same to me. Yeah, I don't. But, you know, I mean, I respect rap. I respect
1: the. I respect it, but I just don't like. So, I think it might be Mike Shinoda that starts rapping at the beginning of the he song. He raps
0: in it, and then later on. I think there's he's uh, the one that
1: calls you an idiot. He says, I've been doing this so long, you idiot. Yeah, and it I'm might like, be. Dude, yeah. I don't need Mike Shinoda from Linkin Park calling me an idiot, you know, two songs in. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do a podcast. I'm trying to do something respectful for my community, <laughs> you know, and I got Mike <laughs> Shinoda just <laughs> ripping me apart. Yeah, he. Um, he says, I've been doing this longer than you've been alive, you idiot. I was like, oh. Yeah.
0: I don't know if that was something like where it's like. Uh, He's trying to call out younger fans or something.
1: Pack it up yeah. and hit the road. Yeah, he, he, de- he
0: definitely hasn't been doing it longer it than seemed we've It seems like alive, all but...
1: four of them didn't get in the same room and like figure out what the song was about. Because for a second, it almost sounded like they were talking crap to like another local band at like a Battle of the Bands. <laughs> Pack yeah. it up and hit the road. Get on the bus. Like You guys can't come back here. We just owned you. This Battle of the Bands. We're taking home two movie tickets. We're taking home. I don't know. 20 so hours of recording It's a lot to time. cram
0: into a track. You're cramming four vocal parts into a track.
1: Yeah, it's one of those feature rap songs. Yeah. It's it's, like everybody gets their little thing, you know? Yeah.
0: It kind of sounded... You know what it reminded me of? Um, I mean, it doesn't sound like it, but it reminds me of... Remember when, like... Um, the Bad Boys 2 movie came out, and they got all those rappers on that one track. <laughs> oh, it was like Shake Your Tail Feather. It was like P. Diddy and Ludacris. It was like everybody you could get in rap. They were oh, all man, on one track. It must have been wild. Oh, it was, it, was, it was huge. It was like a party in three minutes and a song. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of that in terms of, like, whenever you go for those things, uh, it, it's just like you have a ton of balance, especially when you're looking at the standard rock format or even pop format of a song where you have you know verse chorus verse bridge you know like it's a lot to throw in there at once but yeah didn't do a ton for me but but again the choruses are super hooky on this i
1: mean you were just singing it oh yeah they are they are they have their choruses they have their moments i mean it's another it's another one of like does it sound good? Yes. Could it, Is it sonically pleasing? Yes. Is the chorus good? Yes. Is Chester good? Yes. So it gets all those check marks. Um, we got thumbs down for the second time. No Chester Bennington writing credits on this one. Nope. I got to ding him on that. I got to ding him on that. You have Delson and Shinoda again. He's too talented to not help write this Yeah, stuff. and
0: then, so you have the two of them, and then you have three outside writers. Um, the outside writing thing is interesting, too, not to get too far off the beaten path with the track list, but that video... Uh, where they're discussing the album conceptually, Mike Shinoda says, like, I'm really welcome to the idea of outside writers because I've realized that a lot of my favorite albums have outside writers on it, and if there's people that can bring their expertise to the song, I'm all for that, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, Um, all right. I always get weirded out by outside writers. Yeah,
1: I don't like it because it just sounds to me like... Every song could be could have been Taylor Swift, could have been Rihanna, could have been uh, insane. It just it you just fits could have been Justin There's plenty yeah. of these songs. It could have been Justin Timberlake, like no doubt about it. I'm like, yep. I, I would if I
0: research a little bit further. I bet one of these songwriters at least worked with them. Well, it's it's a bummer too because like you want to believe when you pick up a, a record, like especially if it's from a band that you like and respect, you want to believe that that record was crafted and recorded by the guys that are on it, like. You know, um and, and then when you find out that like I like the, the most recent Blinkin Park... not Blinkin Park uh, Blinkin, Far- Blinkin Park. Dude <laughs> You are on to something. No, the, uh, the What's most, up with Blinkin Park? The, the most recent uh Blink One and A Two What's My Age again <laughs> I can't believe I did that. The most recent Blink One Eight Two records. They've gotten the John Feldman treatment, which anybody that doesn't know what his deal is, he yeah. comes in and just, like, basically... Make a hit writer. He, 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 him I and somebody else writes masterpieces. Everything. Yep. He just writes everything. So, it's weird, like, when you have, like, an album like Anima of the State, and you're like, uh, Blink-182 wrote this, and then you get their new album, and it's, like, mm. it's written by the guy from Fall Out Boy and John Feldman and all these other yeah, people. Yeah, because they lost
1: their chemistry. Yeah, it's, you
0: know? it's super odd. Yeah. But, um... that yeah, is. So, yeah, so we had that. Then we have Talking to Myself. Uh, again, you know, for your score there, there's no Bennington credit. It's Delson and nah. Shinoda and two I almost got, riders. like, a
1: Paramore vibe out of this one. This one's got a little guitar in it. Um, it's got a, Yeah, but a, it's Maroon like a five. lead
0: line, right? Uh, yeah, I got, like, a Maroon 5 I still thought it was a keyboard. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I it, mean, it could be. Yeah, it sounded very uh, synthetic to me. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I I think uh, I think it's got, like, a very... Heavy pop vibe to it. Well, the whole album does. Yeah,
1: yeah. Not a great song. None of no. them really are. Yeah. <laughs> it's got the. I think it's got a catchy chorus. I don't remember this one. It's
0: they hard. they all they all do. Um, I mean, my least favorite track is coming up. So
1: Battle Symphony.
0: Yeah, you hate that one. I don't think it goes anywhere.
1: That's the only one they wrote together.
0: And the and the uh,
1: <laughs> that's the one that three members of Linkin Park wrote.
0: No, no. Uh, is Green a member of Linkin Park?
1: Uh, I thought so.
0: No, I don't think Jonathan Green's in the band. Jonathan
1: Green. Yeah, he's not maybe in the Maybe not. Band. Maybe not. Yeah, Never there's mind. one Spoke outside writer. Soon. Spoke too soon. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it,
0: the, yeah. That song just I don't think the chorus is there. Like at least with the rest of them, the chorus is there. Yeah. And this one just doesn't have much of it. It just seems like they were kinda like trying to, to milk something out of a song. bit of a 10
1: Song four of a 10-song album that's 35 minutes long. Dude, yep. this is just a bunch of – it's ten pop songs just, like, thrown together. Yep. I'm sorry, but and that's what happens with number four. Let's well, you
0: know? dust off the songbook. Yeah, seriously. You know? Yep. So what, were you, what was your thought on uh, the Battle Symphony? Yeah,
1: you know, I don't, I don't honestly remember this one all that much. Um, I was starting to lose it a little bit. Invisible, I could see, actually, is more of a memorable song.
0: Um,
1: well, Shinoda sings on that one. Okay. And, yeah, yeah.
0: and he's he's not rapping just so everybody knows. he's He's actually, like – clean singing yeah very auto-tuned i
1: was thinking they should have got mgk on this song man little machine gun k MGK. i took a note mgk that's like that's I, a good yeah, one
0: yeah, yeah i'm I'm hip with what he going just on put out a great game. record this year uh you liked it
1: yeah it's yeah. it's like
0: blink 182 did you see the video
1: of him dancing on the, the table it. for the executives no it's funny he's like playing them his new song and he's like he jumps on the table and starts dancing and doing like windmills and like Weird shit like that. And all the executives are like, oh, it's it's MGK. Being crazy. Being <laughs> he crazy. He claims he's done right with now. rap
0: music because Eminem ruined it for him. That's that's <laughs> what he claims now. But that's funny. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. It, I I was really intrigued by Shinoda singing because, I mean, maybe he's sung before, but I haven't noticed. I'm just so used to, like, the rhythmic rap attack with him. And yeah. he does that thing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, remember that track, Bleed It Out? It's like a party and a song right there. Yeah, it's like you could you could imagine like a basement party, everybody jumping up and down. Yeah, that's that true. That track, yeah. Actually, I think that's what the music video was. Well, you used <laughs> to
1: have parties that one song. Do you know that Fort Minor song where he talks about his his house parties and the barbecues? Yeah, we used to barbecue burgers and ribs. I, I, I don't have remember a that party song. Party and Halloween. I only I only know about it because you you
0: mentioned it. Oh, I'm trying to remember how the yeah. chorus
1: went. It had a pop chorus. Yeah, it will come to me.
0: Yeah, he's. He loves he loves those pop choruses there. Yeah, yeah, he does. And then we get into your first Bennington credit of the album, "Heavy," <laughs> which it's got. Um, he he, this has got a ton of writers. There's five writers on it. They blend
1: his voice with that girl's voice at one point. It's really weird and creepy. Yeah, it's it's kind of bizarre. she sucks. <laughs> Do you follow her? I don't even know. No, who, I don't even know
0: who she is. But it's just like. It sounds like every other generic pop singer that there, there is like, it just like, you know, yeah. like Chester's voice has a lot of character to it. And hers just sounds like, I feel like you could watch an an episode of like American Idol auditions and, and, and see like 30 people that sound exactly like her. Maybe that's where she came from. You know, like she's a good karaoke singer, but like beyond that, like there's nothing
1: from Wilmington, Illinois, signed
0: Atlantic records.
1: Uh, she had a single that peaked number thirteen in Billboard Hot 100 chart, and she's known for contributing to Linkin Park's 2017 single. Look heavy. at that, heavy. Look it's at in that. In the first two sentences of her bio in uh, Wikipedia,
0: this one's got the big chorus on it. Um, Why is everything so heavy? I, I like this song. Yeah, you know, I, I do. The chorus, the chorus gets gets in like your it. head. I don't like how it begins like it's uh it's like i don't like my mind right now it, i don't know it just doesn't
1: a little too uh juvenile for you a little, too, it's, little uh, elementary if you will
0: it it just doesn't have any it doesn't have like a i don't know there's something annoying about the first verse to me mm. that like it, it makes me like right out of the gate just be like oh, i don't like this song and then the chorus comes in and it's better yeah but um yeah
1: yeah, it's a good. It's a, like a really well written song. I think. I think the core, just the chorus in general, is, is yeah, is good enough to be memorable. And uh, well,
0: again, this is a chorus album. But like he it's... does,
1: dude. He sounds like sad in this in this part. Like you. Well, can everything feel was heavy. So much emotion in there. And this was the song too, where I remember they on one of their last tours where they were really getting sort of beat down, you know, by the critics and the fans because this album hadn't. lived, I don't know. The fans probably wanted something else and. We'll, we'll dive into that further, but it's, like, I remember everybody was, like, flipping him off and stuff when he was singing the song, and he he said, oh, I just, like, blew them kisses. Like, yeah. know, like that must be hard, man. You're right. That's, like, a real heartfelt, you know, song, and your fans aren't into it.
0: Well, I, I think it's tough for any artist to, like, put the amount of time that they probably put into these albums and then, like, you know, have people, like. Shit all over them and yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, it's
1: a dangerous game too. You know? It's like you're you're playing with fire. You know, you want to put out this amazing pop album and get a million songwriters. It's like, well, there were people that bought all of those other albums you put out that really wanted you to keep sounding yeah. like that. And I think the weird twinge of like a real organic rock band or rap rock band or pop band or anything that doesn't have the outside songwriters is you get that slight bit of character that is like unmistakable to that band. And Lincoln Park obviously had that with their first couple albums, but you don't get that with this album. You would never know this is Lincoln Park. It could be a Chester solo album or Chester. Yeah, the, the only the only Shinoda, identifiable
0: element are the voices yeah you know, and, you know
1: dude if i mean shinoda's produced he's got production credits on every single song he's got writing credits on every single song so like he is like the mastermind behind it but i mean how many points of this album would you need mike shinoda you really wouldn't you could get another rapper to just rap and, in my yeah. estimation you know maybe well, that's he, just my he lack only of raps
0: like, on i think like one or two tracks and then he's got the singing on yeah, the other one it's
1: subjective but i just yeah. don't i can't Pick Mike Shinoda's voice out of a lineup to save my life, you know? I
0: can when he's rapping. Can you? Yeah. W- yeah, when he's rapping, I definitely, it's definitely recognizable because he's got like, um, he's got a very, uh, specific cadence that he does and he does mm. it co- continuously. It's very super, super rhythmic and, um, and his voice, I think, when he's rapping is pretty recognizable. When he's singing, uh, like, maybe he could catch me off guard sometimes, but, you know, yeah, yeah, when he's rapping, I definitely could recognize it. Well,
1: he's he's the only writer on Sorry For Now, the next song. Yeah, he sings his that one, too. Yeah, he sings that one. His voice is okay on that. It's pretty good. It's middle of the road. It's not like,
0: yeah. You it's, know. Well, it's always interesting, like, when you have a guy that normally doesn't sing and you get to hear him sing. Yeah, so, that song's
1: okay. I mean, it's like. <laughs> I don't know. They let the guy sing. All right. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry for now. I guess it's
0: if, it, well. It, it, the, the songs have staying power because yeah, like we the perfect, are, we're obviously remembering all the choruses to them. There but, you go. Yeah. I mean, if the perfect yeah. pop
1: album does it for you, then like this might be in the rotation. Like yeah. that song is another one of them. It's just like it sounds good.
0: Yeah, I think if you're a pop fan, like there's definitely something here for you Mm. but yeah i thought it was an interesting song because he was singing but it's it's again like it sounds like so much of what came before it on the album like none of the songs like outside of the choruses like they don't stand out a ton the instrumentation's like almost all the same it's all just basically like textures Mm. in the background like what you said with the random chipmunk voices that come in if you're gonna bring that random
1: chipmunk in like yeah. How does that
0: become a thing? I know it's a big EDM thing. But Might, it's like, um,
1: yeah, I'm trying to think of the first time I ever heard it. T-Pain a little bit. Mess with it. I've, I've heard it a bunch of things. It's like <laughs> One song I like with it. You ever heard, um, there was that Tupac song? Um, why am I trying to live? No, I don't remember that one. It was like a song... After he died, but it had a chipmunk voice. Oh, it it's one of the posthumous chorus, ones, yeah. songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anywho, um, yeah, the 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 auto chipmunk voice. It's here. It's on the Lincoln Park album. Come and get it. Yeah, Can I remember like Skrillex
0: did a lot of it and stuff. It was a big EDM thing. Yeah. Um. Then we have halfway right. I I I actually think this is this is one of my standouts of the record, oh. mainly because it's got the big. Nah 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 chanty part at the end and it yeah, kinda
1: I was gonna say this is probably one of my least favorite on the album. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, I didn't like the I don't like the lyrics about him hanging out with the dead end kids getting high and then driving his car. I just think it's kind of stupid.
0: Yeah, it's it's um it's definitely uh, like the first half of the song I think is is like the weakest part of it. And like if it wasn't for how they tie it together in the end, they they could have lost me on it. But I think the way it, it kind of reaches the finish line is is strong, at least for me, in my opinion. But, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, the it does have the not not thing. That interesting is, one there. That is a good um, one. Are we keeping track of our writing credits? There, halfway right is the second song that Bennington that Chester had a writing credit on. Oh yeah,
1: I hope he didn't write those lyrics at the beginning.
0: Uh, presumably he did. But, <laughs> but I mean, but there's a lot of people on this. There's uh, Baluki. He's back. Uh, Beluki, Alexander Spit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know him.
0: Alex Spit. Um Ross Golan. Oh no, that's one of the producers. Yeah, Ross Golan. So you got uh Delson and Shinoda Bennington and then Ross Golan. So Let's see what else uh, Ross
1: Golan wrote.
0: It's so crazy that Wipe like your you eyes need, by like, Maroon Five. That you need four writers to do a track that like with a keyboard and vocals.
1: Yeah. It's nuts. Crazy. You wrote a song for the Madden Brothers from uh Good Charlotte. I'm looking for some songs I know. I don't know too many of these, but I know the bands. Shame by Keith Urban. You know that one?
0: I know Keith Urban. I don't know that song.
1: about uh, If I Could Fly by One Direction? Do you know that one?
0: I do not know that
1: one, no. I'm going to hit you with one more. I'm going to find one you know. Barbies by Pink, 2017.
0: Yeah, I have no idea what that is. Really? Shit, man. Well, yeah. we, don't,
1: we don't know anything written by Ross Golan, but he's made a lot of money writing songs. little uh, Ross Golan uh, sidetrack.
0: Ross Golan. Then we have the title track, One More Light. Um what yeah. are your thoughts on this one? Well, sad song. It's a sad song. You I know. think it's the standout
1: track of the album. It's all Chester. How did how did Shinoda and this guy Francis White get together and just write this like beautiful song for Chester to sing? It's like a little ominous. I don't know. It's a little ominous to me.
0: I don't know. It, it, it's one of those things, too, that, like, again, because the early albums are credited to the entire band, we don't know how much work Chester did on them outside of the recording pieces. Mm. So um, so it could have always been this way. We don't know, um, because you don't start seeing the credits get broken out until the r- later albums. So, yeah. um, But One More Light, I think, is a standout one. I actually really like this track. It's probably the only track from the album that I think I would listen to again. Mm. Like I think if I was making like a Lincoln park yeah, mix or something, dude, I would throw that one song. on there. It's a
1: beautiful song. I will, I'll give this song yeah. a thumbs up.
0: It's really, really well done. Um, I haven't, there is a live version, I believe, because they released a live record from um, the Europe tour. The The touring for this was really odd. They toured, um, they toured Europe and they did, I think it was all festivals And then they came back, and they were just about to kick off the U.S. touring, and that's when the news of uh, Chester's passing hit. So um, there wasn't a lot of touring, but they ended up putting out a live album. I don't know if it was cobbled together from the European shows or if it was taken from one particular show, but it's got a number of tracks on there, and I'm pretty sure one of them is one more light, but I'm curious to see uh, how it translates live. Um, Yeah. I I actually might go on YouTube later to see if there's a video of it because I – it, it does it seem like it would be an interesting live track. So, and it actually feels like it could fit on another Linkin Park album too. Yeah,
1: there's an official music video for that song where it shows a bunch of footage of him. Yeah, uh,
0: live in Texas.
1: Uh, in I wonder if they put the Road that out to Revolution after. live at Milton Keynes.
0: Road to Revolution? Kynes? No, no, Milton no. no. Keynes? Milton Keynes is in England.
1: Yeah, that's the. I think that's the two locations they use footage from. Yeah, for that video.
0: Yeah, Milton Keynes is in England um then we have the last track sharp edges which this is the only track i think there's an actual guitar on yeah this song sucks what what is this song Dude, it's one of those like, like world a, songs it's like an like, indie like, folk song yeah, or something
1: exactly what's that it's like i just want to grab and start like playing a I don't know, like a tin whistle or something. I want to start clapping spoons and like Weird. singing. Oh, uh-huh.
0: it's like a big chanty. They, they were like, "How can we make like an arena coffee rock song yeah. and then put a <laughs> clap track on it?" Yeah, this song sucks. Yeah, why, I, 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 I don't, why would they make that? Why would they even put that song in the album? I it's have like, no, well, even at the end, why wouldn't I you know. end with one more light? Yeah,
1: and it's like just this like last radio grab. The whole album kind of feels like a radio grab. Like yeah. every song just feels like maybe we can get on this station with this one, and maybe next this one. It's just like has no soul to it, no vibe. This song perfectly encapsulates like the whole missing feel of the album. It's like, it sounds good. It sounds the same. It sounds,
0: yeah. You know,
1: it's just like every song just feels like it's trying to be a radio single. Every song is about three and a half minutes. Every song, you know, it's, it's,
0: it's it's a, it's an odd track. Yeah. Well, I think too, you know, with Lincoln Park, they're very obviously, or they were anyway, a new metal band and new metal. We're still at a point where new metal has like the same kind of stigma that hair metal had in the, um, like the nineties and the early part of the two thousands where it was like, just looked at as like kind of this weird fad. And, like, I don't think it's come around yet where it's, like, retroactively cool. You yeah. know, it's still something that's, like, memed and stuff. Well, it's weird.
1: It's like, what are these bands supposed to do? You know, it's so strange. That, that's the thing. It's you know, so and crazy. You c- it's unlike any other, yep. like, type of musical progression because, like, what do grunge bands do? Oh, they could just get a little bit heavier. Or they could get a little softer. Look at, like, Pearl Jam. You could, but they're still a rock band. But like what do the rap
0: rock? Well grunge grunge here? got cool again though. Yeah. So they can at least tour on the nostalgia piece. Like um corn. Corn just kept doing it, dude. Corn still stays corn. I give yeah. them credit. They did that they album that had E D M influences, but it's still a corn record. It doesn't yeah. sound like no, 100%. it's one hundred percent. They
1: didn't ditch their formula nope. at all.
0: And and they they refused to compromise to it but and like Limp Bizkit died. They just died they're dead dead dead. in the water, like they're dead. Yep, they're no, completely no. dead. And then a lot of the other bands just fell by the wayside too. I mean, and, yeah. you know. And you if you think about it, if we talk about Linkin Park a little bit,
1: we didn't really talk about their like history too much and sort of how they blew up. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll play it that way a little bit. Kind of dive into the, the background of Linkin Park and how they how they started off. It was a band called uh, Zero, right? They were based out of California. Yep. And um, they didn't have a singer, or their singer quit to go be no. A they had a singer. Band, I
0: think. They had a singer, yeah, and then
1: Delson Mark was Wake, Mark th- Wakefield,
0: I think, went yeah. to
1: a band called like Tasty Snacks, which was a Christian ska band.
0: Yeah, and, and and Brad Delson, who was the guitar player, he's the one that's always got earphones on or ear ear you know, blockers. Yeah, yeah he yeah. he um he kind of looks like Little Dicky, <laughs> or Little <laughs> Dicky looks like him. But he was working; he had like an internship with an A and R guy. And he showed him some demos.
1: Yeah, Jeff Blue. So I was reading yeah. up on Jeff Blue. Actually, super interesting how much... So this guy stuck with this band, Zero, that was most of Linkin Park minus Chester for a long time. If I have it right, I think. And then he... Or or he was the one that suggested Chester, and Chester was in another band called Gray Days. I yeah, think, Chester was in Arizona. another band,
0: and it sounds like his name had been, you know, bouncing around yeah, the, he like the recording industry. auditioning or something to yeah. replace
1: them, but... Um, Jeff blue could not get Lincoln park signed for the longest time. And at the time they were called zero and he was trying, they did over 44 showcases trying to get Lincoln park sold. And it's at a time that rap rock was thriving. And honestly, they were sitting there as almost like what will be the best rap rock band of all time. Really the highest grossing most mm-hmm. adaptable most, you know, household name status, most albums sold out of any of those. Yeah. bands. And, um, but yeah, so this guy could not get them signed. Even after he recruited Chester, um, he brought them on to Warner Brothers because he ended up becoming the vice president of Warner Brothers. And then he was like, you guys are coming with me on the artist developmental level of the label. Yep. And um, then they were going to change the name to Hybrid or Hybrid Theory. But yeah. The, the, uh, it was going to be Hybrid Theory, but the label thought it sounded too much like another band called Hybrid. So mm-hmm. they went with Hybrid Theory uh, for a short time. That ended up being the album name um lincoln park though named after lincoln park in santa monica california later mm-hmm. changed its name so it's not even called that but they had the the cool spelling like the corn spelling yeah yep right and that, made the,
0: them kind of original and stuff yeah. supposedly
1: they did that so they could get lincolnpark.com yeah. yeah
0: yeah well i i remember too like when you looked at the labels back in the day um a lot of the new metal bands were on corn was on epic
1: yeah, Interscope and Records was yeah, huge. Yeah,
0: Interscope was big. So, the, and then Runner. you had Roadrunner and Road stuff. Roadrunner was good. And then, out. and then when you saw somebody, like I remember when I first got the the first Linkin Park album in in two thousand, I think it was two thousand came out, and I saw that it came out on Warner Brothers. It was definitely kind of odd because that wasn't a label that was putting out new metal records at that point in time. Yeah, but, I remember
1: I saw the poster at uh, Borders. Yeah, and I was Borders for any any younger listeners it was like a big. Uh, music store it was like albums and books and uh there was a cafe in there actually pretty cool I awesome them close i wish we'd go back to places like that yeah <laughs> but anyway um but they had a poster up and i remember when that came out i was like ah oh. i'm like you're not supposed to have a poster up on the wall of yeah. borders if you're gonna be a heavy band and i remember my dad was like oh at park you see them and i'm like yeah you know, so it was. They were like built to be mega huge right away. There was a you mainstream
0: know? element to them right from the beginning. Because yeah. I, I remember even when they came out, like I I liked uh, One Step Closer because that was the first single that I remember. Anyway, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was the first single. Yeah. But um, for some reason, like there were a lot of people that were gravitating to it that weren't into. Like, um, like that weren't into corn, that yeah. weren't into Limb Biscuit, and I was like, ah, I, I don't know if, uh, if this is for me. Mm. And then, um, I can't remember if I bought the album or if it was gifted to me, I got it one way or another, um, shortly after it came out. And, um, you listen to that first record front to back, it's, it's, it's really a phenomenal piece of work. And then they did the reanimation album, and uh, that album was really amazing because, um, I, I I think their appeal, at least, you know, for the first few albums, was the the instrumentation and the electronics piece, they never outweighed each other. They always yeah, was kind really of, good blend. They had equal footing. They probably had
1: the best DJ with that dude, uh, Han. Yep. Yeah, Dale DJ Han, Han. Because, like, you know, the, uh, DJ Lethal and Limp Bizkit, he, did, he played sidecar. He played sidecar. And he just like, did
0: scratches so and stuff, did, um, yeah.
1: Like, Slipknot was pretty good with the programming, because they had two guys, so that was pretty good. Um, the guy from Incubus didn't do really, uh, he was okay, but this guy, man, he, he, did a good he really job blending. did a lot. Johan did yeah. a lot
0: like with their sound. Yeah. He did a good job blending with the, uh, with the guitars and stuff, you know, so instead of just adding like little superficial scratches and stuff to, to, to whatnot, he would actually add things that would complement the guitars and. Um, It was pretty cool, but yep. w- the thing that struck me was like when they did the reanimation album, it was like, we wanted to go even more into the electronic side of it, but we knew we couldn't do it on the regular record, so we did this reanimation thing. And that thing was a huge hit, they put out Points of Authority, still one of the coolest music videos I've ever seen. Oh yeah, um, what's, what's so cool about it? Uh, oh, it's it's like a CGI movie of like these like uh, super soldiers like battling and stuff. Uh, but so it just um it looks like, really cool. Like it's a Transformers sort of thing. Uh kind of yeah. It's it's got that kind of vibe to it. But it was um it's just got a really really cool look to it. It was all over MTV when it came out. Oh, so, nice. but um and not only that they grabbed people like Jonathan Davis was on that album. They had Aaron Lewis come in from Stains and um. To me, this record, One More Light, I feel like they could have carved out a more um, true-sounding Linkin Park record out of it. And then they could have done the album that we got as One More Light as like a reanimation-style record of like, you know, here's One More Light put through like an EDM lens. And I think that would have satisfied all parties. The reason why they didn't do that, we don't know. I'm guessing it's because they wanted to make a giant musical statement. But
1: yeah yeah it's you know i don't know i mean it's like i i um reached out to some people that i knew that liked lincoln park to kind of get their perspective on it Mm -hmm. and there were there were some musicians that i played with probably like seven years ago but they're a few years younger than me so they kind of went through the whole like lincoln park exploding thing as one of their first like rock bands and i was like oh what did you guys think about one more line they were like what's that and i was like the most recent lincoln park album and they were like oh Like, we got off the bus after, like, Meteora, and then somebody was like, oh, actually, the one after that was good, too. But nobody, it seems like they almost lived, like, two lives. Like, they had up until um, Minutes to Midnight. But I don't even consider that, like, that Shadow of the Day song is on there. How can we consider that still, like, a heavy, like, how did you not lose fans with that?
0: Well, well, that that one, that album kind of had a double-edged sword. And, And this is why I brought up earlier the new metal thing, because it's still not... It's it's still like it, it's still not cool. So I I think to your point about the two lives thing, I think it's very accurate with them because I think they had their fans that came up to the new metal thing. They hit a wall with new metal. They moved on, mm-hmm. and then they got this new group of fans that were probably more pop oriented. Because the thing was, was Lincoln Park was always they they always had mass appeal. So they were always on like right. pop stations even when they were putting out more new metal stuff. Like Crawling was definitely on top forty and, and things like that. But in any case, um, uh, where was I going? Oh, so Minutes to Midnight, the Shadow of the Day thing, if I remember correctly, I think that was on the Transformers soundtrack, or there was another song on there that was on the Transformers soundtrack, and then they had put out Bleed It Out as like a regular single, and Bleed It Out was very true to form for them. Um, In fact, I think that might have become their closer after that when they played live. I, I hadn't seen them live after that, but... I'm almost positive that it did, but yeah, it, 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 I think to your point, it is true that they, they did have two lives and good for them. They were able to do that. Um, I still think I'm still a big proponent of like, you can't forget what brought you to the table to begin with. Mm. And I think when you throw all that out, um, you know, regardless of like whatever statement you're trying to make, I, I think you, you, you run a huge risk of, uh, you know, alienating people. Yeah. So, but maybe you don't care, you know, maybe on a cost analysis.
1: I don't know. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it definitely caught up to Chester. We don't need to speculate about, again, the unfortunate, you know, way that he, he took his own life. But um, that was actually the day that talking to myself, some music video came out was the day that he actually died. And um, yeah. I do I do know, like, it's it's been talked about that this was weighing heavy on him, like the reception of this album. Um, oh, he freaked out about and it if online. You think, yeah, yeah. If you think about it, too, it's like, well, a ton of kids grew up listening to Linkin Park that you probably helped them through a lot of their demons with, like, your heavy music mm-hmm. as an escape, just like you probably looked up to, you know, a lot of heavy bands. And you're, when you were coming up, when you oh, when you were growing up, you, you listened to heavy bands, too. So hopefully he didn't feel like he deserted a lot of people with you know this pop album and it's like i want to know more about the background of the album in a way that like how into this was chester how into this was the whole band was it like just a decision way up by a and r reps like this is what you guys do right now it's going to make you x amount of dollars you just sign here you just show up at these studios on these days because yeah. i mean, think about it when you have this many different songwriters this many producers it's not like you're waking up one day and you're seeing all of them so how many people no. are working on your music like hey here's this song, that's like 95% done, mm-hmm. is how I think it usually works, you know, with these, these albums. Yeah,
0: it's, it's strange, I tried looking, I wanted to find studio footage, because I was really curious about the instrumentation, and the best I could find was that pre-production meeting about what they wanted the album to be, and then uh, there was um, a video about them discussing the album after it had come out. And basically, like what they were hoping, the world received it as. And beyond that, I couldn't find much else on it. Um, it. It's just really interesting. I I don't I don't know what it is about it. I don't know if they were trying to recycle the fan base again. You know, thinking like, hey, they're get like our, our second group is getting older. Like maybe it's time. Yeah. For relevancy, sake. Right. it's it's so tough to say because the problem is is I don't think any band is going to admit to making a record to stay relevant, you know, they're always going to say, we did this for us, you know, regardless of what the actual, um, factors might've been, but Chester was definitely pissed because he was on a bunch of shows. Um, like you said, he had, uh, he had a bad attitude about it live. He went on Twitter and stuff. My my favorite thing was, was like Corey Taylor told him to calm down, which like, he's like, Corey, nobody has, like, changed the direction of any project more than Corey Taylor has with Slipknot, you know? Like, if you go listen to the first two Slipknot records and what Corey's done since, it's it's mind-boggling. And he's just like, yeah, like, you you know, you can't come at your fans like that. And I'm like, okay, Corey, you know? Where he tells everybody, like, to, like, get over Iowa and to get over the self-titled that, you know, it's not going to happen again. So, um... So that that that's my take on it. Yep. But anyway, let's um, let's kind of you know get to the to the the, the, the piece de resistance, the meat
1: and potatoes of this whole
0: thing. And right? uh, what, in terms of uh, rating, what do you give this? And do you think this album is deserving of its reputation as a panned album?
1: Um, I'm going to give it a six point three only because it's perfectly written it sounds perfect it is it's a perfect little package it's like that you know the girl that you're dating that wraps really nice presents and you can't wrap presents at all and her gifts always just look perfect it's like a perfectly wrapped present under the tree but you know uh, that girl you're dating has like no originality and whatever she wrapped wasn't a very good present you know and it's probably going to suck but you look at the box and it's like perfect not that I'm dating that that girl that's that's not my life but it could be yours but anyway um 6.3 on that and then like yeah, so it's just like it's all songwriters. I don't know if that's the Lincoln Park thing. It's just like perfect albums, perfect band, perfect little ponies. Like, okay. But yeah, six point three. Um, no soul. It lacks soul, it lacks real ambition, it lacks testing any boundaries. Like they've they've discussed that they were like trying to challenge their fan base and like they wanted to do but they don't at all. They just they just put a bunch of pop songs on a CD. So mm-hmm. yeah, I go six point three on that one. Uh should it be panned? Uh yes.
0: Yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow suit in, in the I don't I don't like the decimal places usually unless they're yeah, half. Know. It's so all right. We, I'm know. gonna do I'm gonna do a six. I I think to your credit, uh, not to your credit, to your point, it's it's well written. I think if you are a pop fan, uh, there's something here. But but like I I feel like even the audience that they wrote this for, they're not an album audience. They're a singles audience. So if you're a pop fan, you're probably not listening to the album. I I hope you are because right. like that that's. Albums are great, but if you're not, you know, um, I'm sure there's a couple of songs you could call out of here that would be decent. Um, I think among Linkin Park fans, it's deserving of its reputation. Um, in the mainstream, it's probably not. It's, you know, it's like you said, it, it's well-written, it's well-composed, it's it's so refined. Um, it bums me out there's not instrumentation on it, but, yeah, I, I I think you could go either way depending on what camp you fall into on this one. Yep. So... Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's episode six. And again, we, uh, the phantom menace, the, the phantom menace, that no, was episode one, six was uh return of the Jedi, uh, but, <laughs> but, um, uh. yeah, the, uh, we, we hope everybody's staying safe and doing well, happy holidays, happy, uh, new year. And, uh, we'll be back soon with another episode, Brando.
1: Yeah. And I think we got a collaboration with another Podcast. Yeah, a pending? broken
0: record podcast. We're be, gonna be doing some we're, stuff with we're them, be
1: collabing left and yep. right. We're gonna have featured guest appearances. You know, just we're just gonna be going crazy with this thing now that yeah, it's twenty twenty one. We're gonna wrap up this crappy year with more podcasts next year. That's gonna that's yep, gonna just more be, content. I think we're gonna work on some video stuff, and
0: yeah, we're just gonna try to grow this so it's more than us doing an episode once every two months. But uh, that's right. So that's it. Thank you guys so much. Happy holidays. Happy New yeah. Year. Be safe. Catch you later.